We are back yep. on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And with us today, we have nobody <laughs> yet because it's very, it's very uh, complicated time. You know, we're getting into the holiday season. We're in October. It's getting colder some places. You know, things are happening, you know, but we're going to shout out to a lot of our uh, normal people. But, you know, as far as normal people goes, you and I, Big Ugly, we're not normal at all because we've been doing this for six years and we ain't stopping yet. We are the O.C., the OC, the original club, the only club, yeah. whatever they're called now, back in the WWE. I saw it. Um, there's a lot of things happening. We're going to talk about a lot of that. Pro wrestling, that's what we do on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast because we're not right. We're, we're not, not wrong. wrong. We're just fans. We, we are just fans. And we're fans of a lot of different things, including pro, pro wrestling. But um, let's get the shout-outs going quickly first. Well, actually, you know what? I'll shout them out in a minute, but I want to see first. How are you doing, Big Ugly? I'm, I'm doing because you're well. here, man. You're here. I, I am here. I'm doing well. I'm excited for the holiday season coming up. Listen, I'm I'm just shocked at how fast this year has gone by. I, I mean, know, this is right? Crazy. We're almost at the end of the year. We are. You remember when we did number one hundred uh, at the end of last year? You remember that? Oh, that's crazy! And we're on one hundred and nine now, so we're not putting them out as often as we used to, but we're getting them out there. We're getting them done, and they are quality. It's good. Yes. But man, that was like yesterday. It, it, right, man, <laughs> I, like literally, the first episode still feels like yesterday. That was like back in twenty sixteen. So oh. the fact that we've been doing this for what was that? Six years now. Just that's, about six that's years. Crazy. Yeah. Yes. So that was, and that was in the mansion. Uh, that that was, was in the mansion 1.0. Right. Right after WrestleMania Dallas, the biggest WrestleMania ever. And you were there. I was there. In person. And wow. Yo, time just, it, it just, it just flies. And we're coming up on WrestleMania 39. And that was 32. So yes, this is the sixth year <laughs> and this is going to be seven, but I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad. How about um, you? How, how are you? You know, Life is always moving. Life is always changing. But, you know, I, I'm glad that we can schedule these things out once every couple of weeks, once a month, because, you know, talking pro wrestling, it's, you know, we can we get together once in a while. We're going to go out to AEW Dynamite once again at the UMBC. That's going to be great. Uh, me, you and CM Funk and and, and the illustrious Kristen. But it, it's just great to schedule this out. You know, work is work. Uh, other things are other things. Holidays coming, trying to avoid another pandemic or a flu or whatever else, and also trying to live the best life. So uh, I'm still here and I'm very excited about our conversations at least once a month. Absolutely. And I mean, listen, you mentioned AEW. I got to go on a tangent. Oh, oh, here we go. Did you see MJF's promo? You mean the one with William Regal? Yes. Holy, you know, I was enthralled. I couldn't look away. <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go to the fridge. I couldn't go to the restroom. <laughs> I needed to be at this because I would say that the first part with MJF just shooting and I'm 99.9% .9 of that got to be real. Um, and William Regal just stone cold taking it. And then I thought it was over and William Regal grabbed the mic and he started off slow, but then he ripped into MJF with a shoot. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. 
Yeah. So here's the thing. I did not see Regal's part. So I have to go back and look at that. You please do this. Please, because the MJF part is good enough. I mean, it, it's wonderful enough. But I'm telling you, as far as watching this Tales from the Territories on Vice Network and listening to uh, the J- Jerry Jarrett and everybody saying things on the wall, saying personal issues bring money. Personal issues make money. So if you can get into something personally that you know about, that you feel about, whether you discuss it backstage or not, whether this is the plan or not, when you get out there and you actually put it out in front of the world, in front of a live audience, in front of a microphone, in front of a television camera, I mean, that's that's money right there. And yeah. I got to tell you, you brought it up. So I want to hear how you feel about it. I mean, I thought it was it was great. You know, I... It was it was such like a, a relatable thing mm. when MJF was talking about, you know, how essentially he felt like William Regal was crushing his dream. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I think that so many of us, you know, from the time that we're young, you know, everybody always asks us what's we, what we want to be. Right. Mm. And, you know, to be 19 years old and to want to be a wrestler and to essentially being told that uh, you're not good enough, that can hurt. You know what I'm saying? Um and the fact that he was able to channel that into this promo years later, and, uh, and he's such a—he's one of the biggest stars in AEW. It, it was meaningful, and it was like just think, just think. If William Regal had have stayed with WWE, this promo would have never happened. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's like the stars align for such an emotional promo to happen, and it's only going to elevate MJF. You know, it, it, you think about. CM Punk pipe bombs. To me, this this beats that. MGF is he's top notch on a mic. I'm not sure there's another wrestler in pro wrestling right now that's as better as MJF on a mic. I agree with you 100. And here's two tangents off your tangent. You mentioned CM Punk the pipe bomb. We're not going to go into that. We talked into the whole podcast last time almost. But I will say this: MJF is 26 years old, and I don't believe he has burned any bridges. As a matter of fact, he's got bridges coming at him from every direction. Um, And so he's using his, you want to call it pipe bombs. He's using his words smartly. And he's also being relevant to the point where whether it's political or not, he is not burning any bridges. He is making the desire even more for him to be on your roster to be on your microphone that's number one number two mjf in the ring we don't see it as much as him being on the microphone or you know being in promo situation we we, when we've seen him in the ring he has definitely delivered um but right now i think the mic work and the stigma around him is outshining his ring work because it's just there's so much more of the mouth coming, uh, you know, and we, yeah. you, go, you can go back and watch MJF matches. But if you don't line them up to current situations, it's not great. So the most recent current MJF situation that I remember before he left uh, a couple months ago was him getting destroyed by Wardlow. Yes. Um, in that wonderful storyline that they had now since then we haven't seen mjf much once or twice in the ring but we've heard a lot of him on the microphone and he has that cash in chip which i don't know if you saw this if you didn't see the william regal part of the interview i don't know if you saw the end of the show where dean sorry still want to call him dean ambrose john moxley beat hangman adam page there was another injury angle somewhere with that hangman adam page thing but i don't know if it was legit or not 
but the, regardless, MJF came out afterwards and he was going to cash in his chip to, to go after Moxley for the championship. But William Regal was standing ringside, didn't say anything. And then MJF just handed Regal the chip and walked back on the microphone and said, you know what? I could do this right now, but I'm not going to because for the first time in my life, I'm going to earn it. So I am going to cash this in at full gear at the pay-per-view on uh, November 17th or whatever. So I don't know if that was an anti-hero or a face thing, but and I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent now, but I will tell you this. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I would love to see MJF and William Regal in a shoot fight, in an actual professional wrestling mat match. You know what I'm saying? I want to see Regal stretch MJF and make him earn before he even wins this title or even has a chance. I, I would love to see that. I, mean, I would love to see it in Baltimore, but I don't know. William Regal's 60-plus years old. I don't know how this happens, but go ahead. This is what I want yeah, to see. Out I mean, it. I was just going to say, I mean, when's the last time Regal had a match? Man? I can't remember, man. Yeah, it's been that long. Um, but could he have that – you know, just that that, re that thought memory process where, you know, it all comes back to you like riding a bike and he could stretch. He could. I would love to see him stretch MJF, not to like hurt him permanently, but I want to see him earn face or not, anti-hero or not. I want to see that culmination because, you know, that was a just such a great promo, such a great both sides. I, I agree. I mean, I don't know how believable I have to say, you know, some of these old guys coming out of retirement and wrestling, I'm not always the biggest fan. You know, I got to say, I was not the biggest fan of Austin coming back. I did not particularly yeah. care for Rick, Rick Flair doing his last match more yeah. recently. You know, I, 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 you got. I don't want to see a full blown. You know, I don't need a WrestleMania built up main event. And I don't need. Yeah. I don't need a, a, a Ric Flair's last match built up over an entire month. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's more like a three to five minute shoot fight. You know what minutes. I'm saying? Okay. I mean, yeah. Not I, a whole full blown ranked bell yeah. to bell match. I just need, you know, William Regal to say, you know, I want you to step inside the ropes with me because that was part of that promo. Uh, I, I don't know if you go back and listen to the William Regal part of it. It's like when you step in the ropes, you know, that's my world. And, you know, that that's the world I grew up in. So yeah. earn it. I, 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 I think what you're saying now is likely where it's leading. You know, I when, so. when, when I think of the guys that we just mentioned, the Austins, the Rick yeah, yeah. Flair, Rick Flair is 70 something years old, just right. the match. I could see Regal looking at this and being like, you know what? I think I still got another match left in me. And if that's the case, this is the perfect scenario. Right. I, I don't think it gets better, gets better than this. I think MJF is definitely, they're planting him as the anti hero. I don't yeah. think he's got a face because he's still, he's still, have a mark of more aggression than a face would typically have. Yeah. You know? Um, but it, it's almost like that uh that early Austin era where yeah. he was kind of the anti-hero before he just became face. You know what I'm saying? Um yeah. MJF so. is so bar far above cheap heat. He can't go out there. Like, as soon as his music hits, everybody pops. As soon as he grabs a microphone, everybody pops, no matter what he says. So he can't be the guy that goes, oh, you know what? I hate uh, New York City and yes. get cheap heat because he's still going to get popped and cheered anyway. So might yeah. as well bank on it. Still be MJF. Um, but the fact that this is the first thing we're talking about on a tangent in our in our segment on the podcast, that means this is this this is got this is the hottest thing in pro wrestling right now, and it, it needs to be capitalized on. It, it really is. And you know, I will say this MJF thing reminded me. We were talking about you were talking about how he hasn't wrestled that much, and it reminds me of 
you know, I was just talking about the attitude error and with Austin, because it's like when you think back to the attitude area, a lot of those top guys, it, you know, they had great matches. However, you know, a lot of times on those Raws and SmackDown, it was a lot of talk. You know what I mean? They yeah. they weren't in the ring all the time. They weren't putting on the crazy five-star matches with all of these spots. You know what I'm saying? Austin had, like, what, five moves to do? He was the <laughs> Cena before Cena. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, but yet he was the biggest star. And I think that it's something to that entertainment value, being able to get on the mic and actually entertain. You know, we kind of saw recently, even with Bray Wyatt, coming oh. back to SmackDown, you know, um, because a lot of a lot of the great in-ring guys, they aren't always the best on the mic. Right. And you see which ones actually end up getting over on longevity and getting higher yes. ratings and more T-shirt sales. It's the guys that, yes. can, that, can, that, that can talk. Yeah. Ricochet, Ricochet is absolutely incredible in the ring. Yes. Absolutely incredible. The guy can do anything, can have any kind of match. Correct. But, he he's not at an MJF level. He's not he's not a top guy. And that one reason is because he doesn't have mic work. Right. And look at the longevity in front of MJF. I mean, he, he we keep saying he's 26 years old, but I mean, some of these guys didn't hit their peak or their stride till their mid 30s, yeah. um, maybe later. And yeah. MJF's got a whole world in front of him. And if he's smart about it now and doesn't take a lot of insane bumps and crazy, uh, you know, spots and all this kind of stuff now, he could be literally doing this and in some version of this character for the next 20 or 30 years if he if he wants to. Absolutely. Um, and he could keep reinventing himself just like Jericho. He could be another uh, you just th this could be the pro wrestler uh, facade of the future, you know, just to see what this guy is. I'm not so saying he's pandering. Go ahead. So let me ask you this. MJF talks about, I guess, you know, his contract is coming up in what would you say? A couple of years. The bidding like, war of 2024. 2024. Right. So. Does MJF go to WWE? And what I mean by that is not, you know, literally does he go, but do you think it would be a good idea for MJF to go to WWE? And second part to that question, will WWE utilize him correctly? Uh, okay, so uh, that answer would have been different six months ago with Vince running the ship. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but do I think it would be beneficial for him to go to the WWE? Absolutely, because if you get stuck in one place for your entire life, for your entire career, I mean, creatively, you could be stifled, but also it could get stale. Um, and, and, you know, as much as a company could be there, you know, AEW's had some drama and, you know, AEW's definitely got some hot things going on. But the WWE is the pinnacle of the professional wrestling business. It has been for you know, a long time and a lot of different assets. So if he has the opportunity to go to the WWE and make a shitload of money, um, I think he should do it. Now, will they utilize him correctly? If WWE stays on the path creatively that it's been on, I'm not saying everything's been gold, but things have definitely been a lot different uh, since the, since the reigns have no pun intended, since the reigns have changed. Um, I think they could you will it be exactly the same as AEW? I don't think so because it's got to be on a grander scale, on a grander, grander level. But I think if they allow him to be himself, um, to have creative input, not not control, but creative input, um, and he can be create creatively happy, and the WWE can be creatively happy and not overuse him either on the mic or in the ring, it could work. Now. When we get to 2024, who knows what's going to be, you know, happening. But I would like to see this. I would like to see the switch because AEW can't bank on MJF forever anyway. 
um, because they need to develop new superstars as well, not just take what the WWE is not using and try to push them to the moon. They, they've got to develop their own internal from independence from other places other than WWE. They've got to develop their own people. I agree. So that's you. my long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> no, no, I and I'm 100% on board with everything you just said. Word. I think and I and I'll tell you what, you got to go watch the rest of that interview because it's good. And not only that, AEW on their 2-hour shows, uh you know, at least on two hours of dynamite one or two hours of rampage and then their other internet shows there's something for everybody Mm -hmm. you've got those workers that can be ricochet-esque and work their ass off in the ring in high spots but don't really get a chance to talk on the mic or don't not not really good at talk on the mic you've got people you've got the big guys you've got the fast guys you've got the inappropriate scissor me daddy all kinds of good Mm -hmm. stuff i mean you i mean that's the hottest that's the hottest T-shirt right now. That's yep. the hottest fad thing going, and you know they know it's up at its peak, so they're they're interrupting it. They're getting a storyline like, oh, somebody copyrighted the scissor thing, so you can't do it. So now they're actually fighting to do it. So you, you know, once acclaimed won the tag team, you see AEW is being smart, creatively smart with a combination of. I, I say a combination of independent wrestling and a combination of what the attitude made the attitude era great. The WWE is now using a combination of the attitude era um, and what's been making them sustain for the last maybe five years. And they're kind of putting it all together, but it's just great time to be a wrestling fan. Right? I don't think it's a war because nobody's going to actually win, but I think it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can't compare it to a war. I, AEW, for all of its glory and everything that they've accomplished, which has been great, you know, at, at this level, they can't compete with WWE. Like, they can't no. come like WCW did and almost put WWE. WWE has no. just, they've gone too global. It's just too much yeah. now. AEW can win ratings. AEW can win uh, segments of the audience. You know, sure. they can, but they, they can't take WWE no, and especially so, now with Triple H making the decisions he's making, I think he's created a renewed investment for fans in WWE. So. Um, and, and, and I think, yeah, especially for the for the immediate future, hell no. <laughs> and we are just fans. You know, we want to hear what y'all are thinking about. So when we go ahead and post this on all of our social medias, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, MySpace, wherever it ends up, Google, Yahoo, um, you know, comment on it, send, send, send likes, dislikes, comments, you know, we want to hear about it, you know, cause we're still, we're still here, you know, and, and that definitely good stuff. But, um, speaking of shout outs, I want to, uh, you, you said Bray Wyatt, we're going to come into Bray Wyatt cause we're going to talk about that. Um, but I want to shout out to, uh, CM Funk, of course, you know, the, uh, hashtag, no hashtag king of non-social media, um, I believe he's uh, doing a little traveling, do a little work. And I want to shout out to Jam and Jason. Uh, I, I always is a big fan. Uh, he's got some family stuff going on, some work stuff going on. Uh, shout out to Jason, Justin Tucker. Um, you know, he's actually getting to uh, see the world out there. So, you know, all of our uh, regular uh, thirds on the show, all of our triple trios tag team partners. Um, and of course, everybody else who's been on the show this year and everybody else listening. Thank you so much. We appreciate y'all. Um, but you said Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I said Bray Wyatt. Yep. So let me just say this to you in a question form. Bray Wyatt? 
big ugly. Yes. Yeah, so Bray Wyatt. So I, I it seems like I, I enjoyed this promo, his personal promo. I'm glad they gave him that time to be vulnerable, yet keep it a part of the story. Are you talking um, about the quote unquote shoot promo on SmackDown? Yes. OK, because to me, it was like it, it was obvious that he was actually speaking from the heart. It's some things that have happened and going on in his real life. Yeah, never seen him talk feel, like that before. Never. Yeah. But I feel like they still used it to draw a storyline where it seems like personal issues draw money. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> now it seems like he's almost having to feud with Bray Wyatt, the character. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. So it's like that supernatural thing is still going, even though they gave him a chance to be vulnerable. I think this is intriguing. I have no idea yet where it's going. Um, but you want to find out, though. But That's I want to find point. out. I want to find out, you know, I, I did think that they were just going to kind of bring him back as, you know, the fiend since that was kind of running hot at the time. But it, it's obvious that they're not immediately jumping back into that. So I am right. intrigued. I'm glad you are. And that's the thing. Intrigued. That's what they built. That's what, you know, as far as him being out for as long as he was, he was out and then him going dark on social media pretty much, except for a couple of things. Um, and then you just never knew. But he was so... And he was so gripping and so intriguing when he was when he was there um, as the fiend. And even even a couple of years back, ev almost everything he was doing was gold. Um, so I will tell you this much on SmackDown. The beginning of the show at eight o'clock when they said Bray Wyatt returns up next. And then they had a six person tag team. I don't know. They had a match. No, it was uh, New Day. And um you know, it was a match, but it wasn't Bray Wyatt. And then they said again, let's relive in the middle of the show. They said, let's relive what happened at Extreme Rules. And then they did that in the middle of the show. And then they didn't have him on until the end. I'm fine with him being the main event of SmackDown. He absolutely needs to be. But do not put the bumper in the front of the show that says up next. <laughs> don't, don't do that. I don't yeah. know if that was meant to be because they only had that one bumper made. But they should have tonight instead of up next tonight. They do it right. all the time. Bray yeah. Wyatt tonight. I mean, that leaves intrigue. And I mean, just at, okay, that's a little thing. I'm being really nitpicky now. But I was excited about it like all week when they announced that Bray Wyatt was actually returning to SmackDown. And then when he, they said up next, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch it for 30 minutes and not just fast forward through my DVR. And I did. And I'm like, well, shit, that's not next. That's and then, not, they yeah. to, <laughs> then they it's, got to then they got to the middle of the show. So the end of the show. Yeah. They got to the middle of the show and they said, we're going to relive from Extreme Rules. I'm like, holy shit. Did you really build this up all week to just relive this? Because they did this on Monday. They relived the, the, the thing on Monday. But then when it got to the end, I'm like, OK, I'm glad because nobody knew. Nobody knew what was going to happen here. But when he came out as himself. Window Rotunda or whatever you want to call it. And he just, or he called himself Bray Wyatt, but I mean, he's, he spoke from the heart, but then let's just capitalize on that. When he started getting into it and then everything cut and it came to the new mask and the new voice on the Tron and the new logo. I'm like, Oh shit. I like this because like you said, big ugly, it's Bray Wyatt kind of having an internal feud with himself. Yes. Um, that could lead to a lot of cool things. Now, eventually it's going to have to lead with a match inside the ring with somebody else. Yeah. But if his, they always say that the, 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 sometimes the hardest struggle is a struggle inside of you. So I think with his creativity and with who's running the ship now, I think this could be wonderful. And they're using 
technology using QR codes and, uh, you know, hiding them. They're still doing it. And even, even after he's been revealed, I love the detail that is going. And now I have a question for you. Where do you think this is going to go in between now and let's just say WrestleMania? And do you think it can sustain? Yeah, I think it'll sustain uh, to WrestleMania. I'm not sure, right? Because I mean, we're still a long way out for that. He's not going to have a match with himself at WrestleMania. If he does, I'll no. be actually. I'd watch it, but I don't know. What I'm thinking is that his alter ego is going to start causing him to do things that maybe he is not actually in agreement with. Okay, like maybe you know attacking people that he's like struggling with, but his you know for right now we'll just say the fiend, but like. The fiend is causing him to do things that he doesn't want to do. And so he's struggling with that, almost like trying to have somebody be a heel and face at the same time. Mm-hmm. I can that's, it. that's what I'm thinking. Um, he could pull it off, though. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be a tall test. But I'm like, other than that, where do you go? Because like you said, you, you got a feud with somebody, right? Yeah. Like You can't have a match with yourself. So if you're if you're having an internal struggle, the bad side of you has to take it out on somebody else. Right. And I don't think this character, I don't think it's about titles necessarily. I mean, eventually it could get into that. I don't think it's that Bray Wyatt has been the WWE champion, the universal champion. It's not about that. He needs to get in there and throw. And this is where, and I'm going to ask you if you agree with this, this is where I think title or not, this could be the challenge for Roman Reigns because has anybody in this company other than Brock Lesnar even been on a level to challenge Reigns for the top spot in the company? I'm not talking about physically in the ring or the title. I'm just talking about the top spot in the company. If they do this right, this could be on every Raw, every SmackDown, being talking about this could be the character, this could be the guy that could get and give him a run for his money. I, listen, I don't see I don't see why not. You know, I, I agree. I mean, Wyatt, before leaving, was at the top of his game. The Fiend was probably one of the most popular characters in WWE. Amen. I don't I don't see why the Fiend wouldn't be. And I, and especially now with Vince gone, I don't think that Triple H is the kind of guy that's like, oh, I got to pull some kind of legend in here to beat Reigns, a.k.a. The Rock, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see him wanting to use the talent that they have and somebody's at that that's at the top of their game. And, and that to me would be Bray Wyatt. Uh granted that his new gimmick gets over as much as the fiend did. Right. And that's gonna take the time, you know, in between now and whether it be the Rumble, WrestleMania, whatever the case may be. Correct. We're gonna see if it has staying power. But I yes. think the ratings are doing well. I think. I think it's, int- I mean, it's intriguing us. We want to, we want to watch it. We want to see what's next. I was excited how they actually did it when they did the fight pit at the end of extreme rules with Riddle and, and Seth freaking Rollins. And they even put the extreme rules bumper on the bottom of the screen and said, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, we'll see you on Monday night raw. And then they, everything shut off. And then Michael Cole or somebody said, we still in the air. I mean, yeah. like treated yeah. it like whatever. And then how they did that in the arena with the, the voiceover we got the whole world in his hand they showed almost every level of bray wyatt and all of the funhouse yeah. characters and the fiend and and even the new thing so i think they've got a lot of places they can go and a lot of back doors that they can take if something's not working um this has potential because 
it came in this white rabbit thing these these barcodes whatever they've been millions and millions of views online so obviously people think they know what it is and pretty pretty sure they know what it is and it's getting over without even getting over i mean it's like you know what i'm saying it's it's awesome i love it and i can't wait to see where it goes now you said another name because we're gonna just this is we're flying off the seat. I got Listen, notes. This is the way we do. This is what better. we do, and this is yeah. what we hope people enjoy listening to for 109 episodes because we're still here. Yeah. And SoundCloud hasn't kicked us out yet. So, all right, you said The Rock. Yep. I'm gonna say Black Adam. Black Adam, <laughs> which comes out this Friday. When you're listening to this podcast, it comes out on the 21st of October. Um, this has got it's not even out yet, and it's got so much. Um, we call it uh, just so much talking about it and everything like this. Okay, so I don't know if you've seen lead-in interviews going up to this Black Adam or previews. Uh, I mean, you're a, you're a, you're a comic book guy, you're a superhero movie guy. Are you excited about Black Adam? You know, I am excited. Um, I'm, I'm always excited to see the new, you know, comic book movies. Uh, I I can't say that I when I've seen the trailers and everything, I haven't had the most faith in it. Some of the dialogue seem kind of corny. Okay. However, from other movie reviewers like TikTokers and stuff that I follow, they seem to enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to it. I actually had my tickets. I'm going to see it tomorrow. So Oh, uh, tomorrow on yeah. Thursday. Yep. I'm excited. Are you going to Towson? You know it. <laughs> I know you talked about that last time getting up in the balcony. I hope you have no issues and I hope you see it and I hope it's good. And you'll have to definitely let us know. Uh, let me know and then let us know on the podcast how that goes. Yeah. Um. All right. So we talk about Black Adam. We're going to talk about that, I'm sure, next time. But I will ask some of the things I've seen leading up to Black Adam, interviews with The Rock. Obviously, he's doing his you know media tour and all this kind of stuff. They always seem to throw a wrestling question in there. And the most recent one that I saw is somebody actually asked him, who is the head of the table? And she yeah. said, you know, exactly that. Who, who is the head of the table? And he and The Rock looked at her and said, you know what? Without without saying any names, I'll just tell you it's the person you're looking into the eyes to right now. And I was like, oh, there, there we go. And, and uh, you know, they ask, you know, is this Rock and Reigns, WrestleMania? But it's like, I can't confirm or disconfirm, you know, but I will say that there's a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of creative, talented people at the helm, and I'm in touch with a lot of them, and I'm close with a lot of them. And you know, there's only one place that anything could happen like that, and that is WrestleMania. They didn't say Los Angeles or whenever, but um, do you think that we? Uh, I mean, we talked about this kind of leading up, and you know, maybe this is anticipation as well. Do you think that has a possibility of happening? Maybe even more so now that he's pushing Black Adam, that he's going to be pushing the XFL release at the beginning of next year, that he's got to get on WWE television to be a promotional vehicle for himself, and can this work? What do you think? So I will say I don't necessarily think when WrestleMania happened next year, I don't think The Rock needs WrestleMania. However, some of the questions, especially that one that you're talking about, like the person asking him, him about the head of the table. Yeah, yeah. That seems so that seems so in tune with what's going on in wrestling. Right. That it feels like a fed question. Right. You know, because I, if, if it's just a generic question, hey, will you ever step back in the ring? It's right. Just, okay, anybody can ask that. But the hit of the table question, that's a very that's a storyline that right, you know, that most reporters probably aren't really keeping up with wrestling. Right. So 
I do. That did kind of give me the inkling to think like, okay, maybe they are really trying to milk an angle where Rock might be coming back next year to uh, to take on Reigns. I mean, I think if you want to fill 80,000 people in, in SoFi Stadium, I think if you want to be, you know, get behind the promotional machine. The Rock loves the business. He understands about the promotional machine. I think that if they're going to do it, especially with young Rock coming back out and already being out for a couple seasons, like there's a lot of things that could lead into it that that could give it steam, that could make it, you know, very relevant right now. If and especially it's Los Angeles, it's The Rock, it's it's Hollywood. You know, I don't I don't know how much how much easier it could be. Like you know what I'm saying? But and if you don't do it now, The Rock is you know getting up to be. It's like 50 years old. Yeah. Our ages, you know, or my age at least. You know what I'm saying? You, you're a little younger. But I'm saying he's up there. He can't. I know he's doing movies and does a lot of his own stunts, but he's not going to be able to physically do this, you know, even be part of the professional wrestling inside the ring for a, yeah, no, too much I mean, longer. Yeah, when you think, I mean, even 10 years ago when he competed against Cena, I mean, he got injured in that match. You know right. what I'm saying? And that was 10 years ago. And now, right. you know, so he's 10 years older than he was then. So, you know, it, you're definitely correct. I I think my biggest concern, I think I brought this up on one of the last episodes, was where do you go with The Rock and Reigns? I think that's been my biggest concern, right? Because The Rock, obviously, he's not going to stick around. I don't right. think he's going to do a stint like he did back 10 years ago where he held on to the title for a year and all of that stuff. So, uh, you know, where do you go? Do you have Reigns beat The Rock? It's like you could. And I, I, mean, I would yeah. actually appreciate that because that actually takes the rock out on it pushes reigns further up higher uh, and lets him go another however long he's going to go. But it also takes the rock out of the equation for the next however many years, especially in the in the in the wrestling ring. And you you always go out on your back. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he could it, the the build up to the match is something that would be amazing. I mean, you know, the, the, between Roman himself. The Rock himself and Paul Heyman being a part of that, and then everybody else that you've got supplementing in, in the in the um, in the bloodline and everything. I think that would be an amazing buildup. And where do you go? Would the, would the match be a five star match? Maybe not. But this is what we were talking about at the beginning of this segment because we're about we're about to end this segment and go into segment two. But this is what we were talking about. You don't necessarily have to be the best in ring performer at that point in your life to get something over and to make something relevant. The reason Austin worked how it worked. And, you know, even though he's 58 years old or whatever it is, it's because it was in Texas. It was relevant to the spot and it was relevant to WrestleMania. It was a big deal. It was Vince and, and, um, and and Austin, you know, kind of thing. They made all the elements work. This, this can't happen in Philadelphia at 40 when we go, this has to happen in Hollywood. (laughs) I'm just saying the elements are there. Can it work? Yes. Will the match be five star? No, but I think you have Roman beat the rock and clean and you know, then he can go back to doing what he's doing. And then the rock has something else, something to dine on for a while title or not. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And I mean, listen, I I think if rock does this, this should definitely be retirement match. Oh yeah. Uh, And rock goes into the hall of fame, you know, same weekend year next year, you know? Yeah. Same weekend, if not the following year. Yep. Right. Exactly. And, you know, let that be the curtain call on a rock's career, which why not? He's had a great career. Absolutely. And I think, I think that that would build intrigue 
And that would be something to watch right there. But I'll tell you what, this has been a great first segment. Why don't we shut this segment down because we're getting counted down. And why don't we go into segment two? But uh, for those listening to the segment uh, here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, they're going to hear a little music like you usually do, kind of the middle part of that song. We love that song. Um, And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a lot of different things. Uh, And 109 on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling will continue. Do you have any final words for this segment before we do that, Big Ugly? No, let's carry it into the second one. Let's carry it into the second one. We'll be right back with more of the D-U-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T right after this. And we are back yep. on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast segment number two, episode 109. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the big ugly. And welcome back. We had a great conversation. OG, OC, me and you, big ugly. First segment. Um, and this is the second segment. We're going to... We're going to finish strong right here because this is there's a lot to talk about in this world. Um, a professional Give me the wrestling. next topic. I know you got some stuff. Ready. I got stuff. You know, I take bullet yeah. points. This is what I do. Um, so, you know, I threw in a couple of things. There's been a couple of people. I'll get this out of the second segment. There are a couple of people that passed away since the last time we talked. Um, Antonio Inoki, uh, Trailblazer, and all of the world of professional wrestling. Uh, been in there with such greats, even as Andre the Giant way back when. Um, passed away. Uh, you know, Angela Lansbury made it all the way up into the into the high nineties. Uh, Murder she wrote and Broadway and everything else she yeah. did. That's a hell of a life. Um, great for her, fantastic and 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 rest in peace, absolutely. You know, but just great life that she had. Um uh man, Robbie Coltrane. Uh that one that one stung. Um yeah. Harry Potter fame. Hagrid, yeah. Hagrid, man. I mean, damn, uh, that's uh that one sucks. I mean, he was a big dude. I mean, I, I didn't know if he was ever having any health problems or whatever the case may be, but that one, that's, that sucks. Um, but everything Harry Potter now that's going to be out there, whether it be universal or pop-ups or whatever, it's going to be that much more um, crowded and that much more expensive just because uh, they're going to be doing a lot of stuff to honor that character. So um, that's just some kind of stuff that, I mean, yeah. there's definitely more people that have been passing away and, you know, we want to, Make sure that they get their their Jew their their Jew desserts. Um, that just f- fantastic people. But, um, all right. So, here's something I wrote down. WWE is changing up their pay per view schedule. Did you see this? So I heard that they're reducing the pay per view to about nine. Yeah. Um. So, and they're doing it in a different way. So, okay. I'm I'm going to the Google machine. Right now, initially, they had day one, which they did last year on January 1st. Uh, Initially, they were going to have that in Atlanta. They were going to have Brock Lesnar uh, headlining it. That's how they were going to sell tickets. And I don't even know if they started selling tickets for it, but they already canceled it. They're not even going to do it. Um, So here's the thing. I'm scrolling down. Where is it? Okay. There was a picture somewhere of it. But basically, when we... Survivor Series is November. Yes. And then we're going to no more WWE, maybe NXT stuff, but no more WWE stuff until Royal Rumble, which is at the end of January. Right. Um, so it, it's, ah, there it is. So it, it's going to be. They're getting rid of a lot of their gimmick pay-per-views is what it seemed like. It, it seems that way. They're keeping Royal Rumble, keeping SummerSlam, keeping Survivor Series, WrestleMania, the big four. They're keeping those. Um, 
Looks like they're going to do a King of the Ring, actually bring that back as a big one. Um, they did I that. I, I don't like. I, they listen, did that I, as a part of the Saudi Arabia tour last time, but, you know. Here's my thing with King of the Ring, right? I have. I, I feel like time has passed the King of the Ring by. Eh. I get that King of the Ring is a legendary pay-per-view for WWE. However, I just don't think anything comes of it anymore. Yeah, I mean, who won last year? Uh, Xavier. And he hasn't yeah. done much of anything. Anything. Corbin, uh, Wade Barrett before yeah. him, uh, you know, at William Regal. I just don't think that it is what it was. You know, I think that back in the day, you know, and they talk about this all the time when you watch those documentaries that, like, King of the Ring used to be the one. You won King of the Ring, it means you're up for a big push. Right? Yeah, yeah. And recently, it just hasn't meant that. I, I feel like no tournament-based event has really done much in WWE if a title is not on the line. Yeah. Which is okay. It, it just means that the times have changed, you know. Um, I don't know. Give me your thoughts. I, I agree. I mean, King of the Ring it definitely meant a lot more way back when. Um you know, and depending on if they, they do it for any kind of reason, like if you win the King of the Ring, you become the number one contender. If you win the King of the Ring, you know, you get it's it's it's, an, it's another way to get a guaranteed title shot. Like if you win money in the bank, you get a guaranteed title shot. You win Royal Rumble, you get a guaranteed title shot. Why not throw it into King of the Ring too? make it make sense? But I think <clears throat> King of the Ring is going to be one of those things that they do for the Saudi Arabia crowd um, because it's going to mean more to them over there. I think uh, just like the the greatest Royal Rumble and uh, all, all these big type events that they have over there. I think they're going to keep these WWE pay-per-views to stadium shows the best that they can um, and to have big draw. But then what they're going to do is that's going to make Raw and SmackDown more valuable, I guess, on the weekly basis um, and the live event basis to be a little bit more valuable if you don't have big events to back on. So pre-COVID, when we went to Elimination Chamber, that may have been the last pre-COVID indoor WWE pay-per-view that that happened, uh, you know, in that era. Because now post-COVID, Vince is out, Triple H is in, stadium shows are up. I don't know. I mean, if they make it mean something, it could it could work. But I think what they're going to do, they're going to spread it out. No, usually it's 12 pay-per-views, one a month on average. They've gotten it down to 10. I think they're going to get it down to eight or nine. And I think the ones in the middle are going to be NXT-based um, premium live events, I guess you should call them, not pay-per-views. But, and, and speaking of that, yeah. <laughs> okay, before I go off on a tangent, um, yeah, they cancel day one. They're going to go right into Royal Rumble. I think it's smart, but they advertise the crap out of it and advertise Lesnar. But they just brought Lesnar back um, early, and they're they're having him go against Bobby Lashley again, where I cannot understand who's the heel and who's the face yet. But I just want them to have a better match than they had the last time they were put together. Yeah. All right, so here's the thing. I, I got a few comments on that. Go right? for it. But before we do, I want to say something about King of the Ring. If do I was it. WWE, you know what I would do? I would combine King of the Ring with Money in the Bank, right? Hey, now. And I would make it so that whoever wins the King of the Ring essentially gets a contract to cash in at any point. You know, okay, I see. That way, it's not just you're you're getting some crown and whatever, but you're there's some stakes involved in winning a King of the Ring. All I right, need stakes. It. Yes, that's it. All right, Bobby Lashley and and Brock Lesnar. Am I interested in seeing it again? Not really. However, they're two powerhouses. Here's the thing, right? 
I'm gonna just get this out of the way. This is me nitpicking. <laughs> the other day on on Raw, I, yep. I think it was when Bobby Lashley put Lesnar through a table and he did. they came out to stop it. I hate when they send wrestlers out to break up fights. Why is the Alpha Academy out there trying to hold uh, uh, Lashley back from Lesnar? They're a heel group. Right. They, they 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 thrive in chaos. Why would they be out there doing this? Akira Tozawa. In character, he's like a ninja. Why would he be out there trying to break this up? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, I see. Use the security staff, and that's it. And the, and the officials. Like, I hate when wrestlers come out to break up fights. Like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. They themselves get into brawls all the time. Like, right. I, I hate it. Like, I, I, I think you're it. right, and I think the I think their logic behind it is that they're too two powerhouses that are too big for just security and referees to to hold back i mean if you're going to do it that way bring out the cops i mean you know (laughs) don't don't bring out you know don't use other wrestlers use extras and dress them up as cops there you Um, go that's what they used to do yeah they did when they wanted to get austin off of mcmahon they brought out the cops (laughs) right you know haul them off in cuffs like oh you're doing too much you're beating them too bad you know it's like that's it you know i but I think that the the last time that Lashley and Lesnar came about came about a little too quickly and it was overshadowed by some other things and it didn't come off right. But now I think if they do it right and do it again, if they have a retake of it, I think they could do it a little better. Yeah. Um see I, the, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say the problem I feel like that they experienced with Lesnar is that you know they were just running Lesnar through the roster, right? Yeah. And they, it was just this huge focus, make Lesnar look strong, and then that was it, right? And now I feel like you're in this situation where it's like, okay, we're bringing Lesnar back, and now we got to have him go against these people in, like, a new character. He's not the same character. He's no longer with Heyman. Right. But, you know, you got to run him through the same kind of top guys, and it's like, well, you kind of just literally ran him through guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and now you want – to turn it around and make it believable that these guys can take Lesnar, you know? Yeah. Not to say that they can't do it right this time, but I do think that you're going to be feeling the effects of just bum-rushing Lesnar through the roster like they did in years past. I think you hit the nail on the head. He did it so long as a heel, and now that he's turned face, uh, and most of the other people have either changed characters or turned heel themselves – it's just going backwards, yeah. um, you know, and, and there, there's something that's intriguing about that. But I mean, you know, they, they got to do it right. Let's um, th- see if they do it right. I mean, I thought they were doing it right with Roman Reigns and Lesnar. I didn't realize that storyline lasted nine years, but WrestleMania didn't do it right. SummerSlam did it right. Um, and that was the last time we're going to see it. And after SummerSlam, I was like, well, damn, I want to see him fight again, but we're not going to. Um, so. If they have some creative ideas, but behind these guys and don't make you know either one of them look weak, I think it could work. But yeah, it's you hit the nail right on the head. They're they're taking Lesnar back through the roster as a as a face. Um, and we mentioned something else. Uh, you mentioned superstars breaking up fights. I'm just I don't know why this came into my tangent, but I don't know if you've seen NXT recently. Um, but NXT seems to be. Raw and SmackDown 2.0 because there's NXT talent that's there, a ton of it. And just watching it in the last couple of weeks since they went from rainbow back to black and gold, they have a lot of WWE superstars supplementing NXT 
For instance, last night, the OC, the club was on there. Um, Kevin Owens was in the main event doing, you know, holding the Kevin Owens show. Austin Theory showed up with the money in the bank briefcase, teasing that he's going to he's going to take it from Braun Breaker. Um, you know, I know that they have a, a premium live event, Halloween Havoc, coming up this Saturday. But still, like every other segment, Ra- Ra- Raquel Rodriguez, um, Rhea Ripley, the Judgment Day, all of these people were on NXT. And I'm like, OK, I heard rumors about this, that they were going to mix the factions a little bit more NXT up and W Raw and SmackDown down. But I don't know if it's going to hurt anybody. Do you, what do you think about any of this? Do you, all this cross integration, does this kind of take away from what NXT was supposed to be doing, which was developing new superstars? Or do you need these um, sustained superstars to help develop these new ones? What do you think? I think that this is a temporary solution to getting attention back to NXT. Uh I think that, I think that there's a feeling across the board that NXT lost a lot of its steam when they went to that NXT 2.0, which I think is probably legitimate. True. Um, I don't think it's been as good. And I think that this is a way to build intrigue to get fans that left to watch NXT again because it's like, oh, well, we can watch main roster people feud with NXT people, and then we can get familiar with some of these new NXT people that we may not know because we tune up. Um, and then I think once that steam starts to pick back up, I expect that we're probably going to see less and less of these main roster guys. Not to say that they'll fully withdraw everybody, but yeah. you'll probably just see one person linger down there. Like you might, like they were before, you know, you might get a, a, uh, you might get a feud with Dolph Ziggler down there and then that's it, you know, or they might send, uh, Ricochet back down there to feud with somebody and let that be it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's where this is going. I think it's more just NXT lost this team. We got to take the most marketable guys, put them down there to get people watching again. And then we'll move on from there. I like your take on this. I hope you're right because I think NXT has built a nice reputation and they've got just like anything in entertainment goes up and down. But um, because I think, I, go ahead. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just want to say I, I don't think it's sustainable to have a lot so much of your main roster going between all of these shows. You, you know right. what I'm saying? Like functioning in NXT, being on Raw. Sometimes being on SmackDown because they, they kind of were blurring the lines between SmackDown and Raw, you yeah. know. So it, it just would be too much. Feel you. Feel you. Okay. Very good. So um couple of little notes. JBL showed up. I love JBL. Um cut a heel promo. Love that even oh, more. Oh man, that was great. And gave Baron Corbin his freaking name back. He's not happy anymore. So we got Baron Corbin on Raw. Good I stuff. Hated, I hated his outfit. It was terrible. What? It, okay. But, okay. So we can talk <laughs> about wrestling outfits and, and, and wrestling in tights and, and all this other stuff. But you're right. Okay. I get you. But maybe he's going somewhere with it. I don't know. We'll see. But he's not happy anymore. Um. So that's one thing that happened. So that was that was interesting. Um. The OC coming back. I mean, we're seeing a lot of people – uh, you know, that kind of got cut by the wayside, especially in the last couple of years, getting some more chances. Um, we see uh, L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight is back. Actually, yeah. L.A. Knight, not Max Dupree. Um, and cutting a heel promo on people. I'll take it. Yep. We need more heels because we need to build more heroes. Can't do that without good heels. L.A. Yep. Knight, damn good heel. Baron Corbin, damn good heel. Yep. Um, 
this is good stuff. I'm I'm liking what what I'm seeing. Every segment is starting to have some good stuff, and the matches are actually pretty watchable. There there's there's some things that the who the agents that are booking the matches are letting them actually play out, and there's some good stuff happening there. I like it. Braun Strowman is back, and he's got. Oh, you know, a lot of places he can go. He really likes what he's doing. He really likes where he is. That's cool. He could he could be, um, I don't say a main event player. We know he can do it, but I think he can be a good mid-card guy to kind of help thin out, or not thin out, but thicken up the mid-card. And kind of, we, we know who's going to be on the top of the card. It's going to be Roman Reigns and whoever. So, I, I like this. Um, <clears throat> I wrote down... What did I, where is that at? Okay. So DX coming back. Did you see this? I did. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I, I, I feel like we, we can stop. Okay. (laughs) Like not to say that I don't love these guys, but you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to watch DX do the gimmick, their gimmick. (laughs) It's a young man's gimmick. I hear you. And it's like, it's so obvious that these are like old guys. And I mean, yes, it's okay with the hit of nostalgia, but it's like, we kind of just watched this reunion five years ago. That wasn't that long ago. No, we, we did. You know, we when did. we did, we did the 20th anniversary. So it's like, is it going to be every five years we're going to see DX come, you know, cut a quick po- promo in a backstage segment? It's like, Even Shawn Michaels said, if we're out here at 50 years, somebody just put us out of misery. Yeah. Like, you know, because <laughs> he knew it. Yeah, it's okay to stop with the, we get it. DX was a huge faction. They contributed to the Attitude Era. We get it. Like, it's okay to, like, let it go now. Like, you know what the two best parts of that reunion were? What's that? Did you see the beginning of Raw when they yeah. were backstage? Yes. And they had the bleeped out, and, yeah. you know, the, the the foul language segment? Yes. yes. That's beautiful. It's that, good stuff. They can do I mean, that stuff. Good to see. They can do that stuff all day long, especially since they're trying to be a little bit more PG thirteen, um, and it's like, oh, what did they say or could they say? You know, that's fine. Keep them out there. I don't think you need to bring them out at the end of the show in the main event segment to rehash the same thing that we've seen over and over again. Especially since they're not really there to put anybody else over. Yeah. Um, it's basically and- more for the live audience. So, yeah. the, but, but here's, I don't, need, I don't believe I'm about to say this, but this is true. The most intriguing thing about them coming out and being on that show was where was Billy Gunn? Yes. Yeah. And where was daddy ass? Um, And where was they were kind of I think they were changing the audio a little bit when they came out because you got some scissor me chance out there. You got some daddy ass chance out there. Yeah. And they did say something about. Oh, uh, they they did refer to him and say, "Oh, he's, he's using some industrial instruments somewhere, something like yeah, that." Yeah, it's like okay. Um, but I think if you want to keep those lines, I I would have I would have I think it would have been all right for AEW to say, "Hey, go out for one night, go do your thing," and I think that would have been great for both companies. Um, to have actually him come out there and play into the new thing that's actually working for you know another company because like we said we've seen dx we've seen them do what they do but if you add in the element of oh this is pretty exciting one of these guys is actually doing something right now um that would have made it even more exciting but i was that's what i was thinking about i was thinking about the 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 daddy ass character from the other show and i was like man if he doesn't come out and he didn't i'm like ah shit okay 
I I would have loved if he did. Um, but I mean, yeah. And and here's the thing, you know, it's funny because we're talking about Billy Gunn, and Billy Gunn is probably uh, apart from Triple H, the most in ring shape out of everybody in DX. Uh, he's probably well, yeah. Triple H, I don't even know what his ring shape is now, but I'm saying Billy Gunn is in excellent ring shape yes. at this so, point in time. And I think that that's the thing for me, right? It's like. If those guys came out and they were all still pretty fit to go and like they could even even if it was just a small scrap in the link in the ring, like uh, back in 2015 when the NWO scrapped with uh, DX. Oh, yeah. Romania loved it. Yeah. If they were like still in that kind of mode, I think I'd be like, OK, cool. But it's it's so obvious that those guys are, you know, they're out of shape. They can't they can't go in the rain. They can't do anything physical. That it's just like, as you said, I would. They don't need the main event segment to just yeah. do their shit, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Fair enough. And you know, we won't go into too much time talking about that. But that was just we. It's great that they have NXT building new stuff, and it's great that they have uh, so many people trying to come back and and you know, kind of get back up into the game and and a lot of new people going in the game and they've got somebody um you know the last generation was pretty much john cena for 10 15 years now it looks like we're going to get 10 or 15 years of roman reigns um well let me ask you this because we're talking about new guys go ahead what do you feel about the judgment day because it definitely feels like they're trying to make them more of a legitimate threatening stable how are you feeling about them I think it's getting better. I think when it started off with Edge, it had a lot of potential and then it died off real quick. Yeah. And then with Edge leaving, um, it kind of left them to be on their own to sustain. And I'm glad when Edge Edge actually came back that he's kind of doing a program against the Judgment Day to kind of it's either going to do one or two things. It's going to kill the Judgment Day completely or what it seems to be doing is fueling the Judgment Day in a direction that kind of makes sense now. Damian Priest, new and up and comer. Finn Balor, the veteran who's still a young guy. Um, Dominic Mysterio, the upstart, the young blood, the turning, you know, turning heel, turning against his dad, forcing his dad to switch brands, basically. Um, and then Rhea Ripley. This is the best that she's ever done. She was doing great leading up to the WrestleMania in 2020 against Charlotte Flair. And then everything with Rhea Ripley just died. Absolutely. Uh, and that's a damn shame because she's extremely talented. But yep. I think that Judgment Day has legs. And I even enjoyed watching them on NXT, even though it was part of that, you know, mass exodus from one show to the other, at least for that night. I think it's got potential. What do you think? I think it's potential. I, I, let me just say that I think Judgment Day, Judgment Day could be further along and probably have more longevity if they just had a stronger person on the mic. No disrespect to Finn Balor. I think he's doing the best he can. I think he's cool. He's getting better. However, it is obvious that they just they don't have that one person that's just super strong on the mic. You know who it's gotta be? It's gotta mm-hmm. be Rhea. Right. That that's the strongest one on the that's mic, the in my opinion, right now. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I think the only thing that holds it back from her is the fact that. She can't, you know, she doesn't tussle with the men, but that might be the better thing because it's almost like she can be like the manager. So, you know, but I get it. They got to have Finn do it because he's like kind of the de facto leader of the group. Um, But that's the only thing. But I, I still I, I'm enjoying it. I think good. Dominic's character is developing very well. I love that's the stuff good. they're doing with him. I'm liking the Judgment Day. Let me let me put that out there. 
I'm talking about stables right now. And I got to ask you a question on this. Okay. They just brought the new guys in, the the Latino guys from down to NXT. Ah, uh, Legado del Fantasma with uh with Selena Vega. Now, yeah, I I I, I kind of remember these guys from NXT. Did they wear the mask down at NXT? No. Okay. I think the reason that they did that to begin with was to you know who are these guys you know yeah. kind of the the mystique of who they are before they actually revealed themselves and when they did I feel like half the audience didn't know. Correct. who they were because yeah. they weren't an NXT audience. But once they, I think they have some opportunity to develop, but every single one of them is very talented in the ring. Um, and Selena Vega is extremely bilingual. So she can, she can talk for all of them. Um, and I think um, the, the main guy of Legato del Fantasma, um, he can, he can talk both uh, yeah. Spanish and, and English. Bro, so, I like the mask. I think they should have kept the mask on. You, you know, they, they, this is somewhere where character development could take them. They could. I mean, we know who they are, but they they could pull a lot of different things. They could pull, you know, demolition or whatever, you know, using different guys with different masks and and for different things yeah. and and hiding under the ring and switching people. I mean, the the, the bait and switch. Yeah, there's a I, lot of things they can do with this. Yeah, I mean, even if they gave them separate like individual masks to like separate who they were, it was like when I saw them pop up in the ring. I was like, I was like, damn, this is like a, it's like a lucha cartel, you know? What yeah, I'm saying? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was yeah. Like, so they got the mask on, but they got the suit. It kind of reminded me of a what's the AEW announcer, Excalibur, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So kind of was like that. It's like you know, they, it's like a lucha, you know? They got the. I was like, this is great, you know what I'm saying? And then they took the mask off. And I was like, oh damn, now it's just another <laughs> regular stable. But, uh, but you know, man. I mean, it is what it is, you know. Uh, but. I just had to get that out of it. That's fine. And you know what? They could they could take your suggestion. And I hope they do, because there's a lot of things that they could do with that. But they're all very, very talented. Um, I think it's about time for them to be on the main roster. <clears throat> and that's good stuff. Um I I think now that we're talking about a lot of different things on WWE, Raw, SmackDown, uh, on both of these segments of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, there's a lot of interesting things to be happening. Um, there's a lot of things happening in AEW. It's very interesting. Even Impact Wrestling, if you have um, access to AXS TV, is pretty interesting. Um, the Ring of Honor, AEW split, merge, whatever you want to call it, is relatively interesting as well. Chris Jericho just signed a multi- multi-million dollar multi-year deal with AEW so he ain't going anywhere um this is another place where I think the line should be blurred back to WWE and AEW because Chris Jericho needs to go into the Hall of Fame um but yeah Uh, my prediction I think Jericho will do a couple more years or I think Jericho's gonna I I feel like he he will mostly finish out his career in AEW is my prediction right he's in his 50s now I do think he will do one last maybe mini stint in WWE, Ooh. even if it's not, I, I don't think it's going to be anything long. You, you see what I'm saying? I, he might do a match, you know, but I, I, I do feel like he will end up back in WWE before his time is completely done. And then I think they'll put him in a whole thing. Fair. I would like, I would love to see it. Um, yeah. I, I just, uh, Seeing, knowing he's going to be at the helm for a lot of more years. I mean, I guess that's smart for AEW to do because I think they were banking on Punk for a while um, and banking on their top five, but their top five has changed and Punk is pretty much gone. So um, Jericho. Let me ask you, what's the future of Punk? Is he done? You think you think wrestling is wrestling is done with CM Punk? It's over. I don't think he's got another run in him. I, I, you know, 
I think he had he didn't leave, he didn't leave on his own terms the first time, mm-hmm. and I think he made peace with that, and he got to live out the rest of his life um, for the next seven years. But you know, the opportunity came for him to at least finish on his own terms. Now, granted, there's some controversy, there's some dissension, there was a fight, some drama, um, but you know, he was the world champion. He won the world championship again. He lost on a pay-per-view. You know, I don't know if he's got another run, but if he does have another run in him, you know, this is interesting because the people running the WWE now, I don't know. I know Triple H was one of the main reasons that CM Punk left, but if there's money still to be made on the table, you know, on either side, you know, what do you do? But do you trust that performer to come in and not only not cause any drama, but also not get injured? He's been injured three times since he came into AEW. Right. Um, it's because he's, you know, almost 50 years old or 50 or whatever it is. You know, his body isn't ring shaped. Can't take it. I would love to see. I, I'm very intrigued by CM Punk. I think he's very good at what he does. I don't think he's the best in the world anymore. No. I think he was at one point. Uh, the best in the world at what he does. Yeah. I think he's very good, but I don't know. What do you think? I think uh, I w- I'm wondering if TNA will try and make a play for him Ooh. because I think that no, no, no doubt CM Punk goes to TNA. He is immediately the biggest star in that company. Oh, hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like at that point, it's almost like perfect ground for him because at that point he can call the shots. You sure. Know, they, they're going to do whatever CM Punk says. Right? <laughs> he, he will be the biggest draw. And they, they yeah. need a Punk. They're, they're looking for a Punk. Okay. But I don't know if he would go. But as far as a run in either company, AEW or WWE, I'm not seeing it. I do think that WWE might eventually put CM Punk in the Hall of Fame. I don't I think hope so. he had the best relationship with Triple H, so I doubt he would be interested in going back. I do think Triple H is professional enough to reach out, but I don't think that WWE needs him right now. Nah. You know, it's like when WWE, you think about 2024, and it's like WWE would probably, they'd rather make a play for an MJF than a CM Punk. Oh, yeah. You know? So, yeah. So I, I think for the most part, Punk's wrestling career is is finished. You um, know, I didn't expect him to come back when he did. I didn't expect him to have the run that he did. I think we got some some good promos, some good matches. Um, they, they enhanced us watching AEW for about a year. Um, well, let me ask you this real quick. After seeing what happened recently with the Golden State Warriors and Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole during practice, <laughs> and of course, these guys go back to playing together. They just had a game yesterday with the Lakers. Uh-huh. Do you feel like it's it was an extreme decision to let Punk go, or is this kind of one of the things? Sport is competitive. Even though it's sports entertainment, it's a competitive industry. Guys get in a fight sometimes. Maybe they should have just done a suspension and then got back to business. What do you think? I think if it wasn't as publicized as it was as quickly as it was after the fact, and that wasn't the main thing that was on everybody's mind, I think um, I, I think it could have gone under the radar and it could have happened and we could have got past it. But the fact that he literally ran on that press conference right after the match <laughs> and dropped the F-bomb 182 times and just kind of buried everybody in that 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he just went too far. He okay. went too far. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. think either one of those, the Golden State Warriors situation, I don't think that happened. I mean, yeah, yeah you, you, you punch somebody in the face. But, I mean, you're, that's a, it's a physical sport. In wrestling, you're, you're work punching – all the time in perf- in basketball, you're 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 checking people, you're running up and down. You know it's intense. In football, it you know these are these are these are physical sports. Obviously, thing repercussions need to be had, but I think in that instance you can get past it. I don't think what Punk did. I think he buried himself with that with that press conference. Yeah. Um. But it's interesting you mentioned some other sports because you know as as we're ticking down here on segment two and um. Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We appreciate you hanging with us. I could throw in some other things. You know, the World Series is is coming up soon. You know, we got everything turned upside down in baseball right now because all the people that are supposed to win are not, and all the people that were winning uh, all season are not. Um, but, th- you know, that's okay. Um, you got things turning upside down in the NFL. You got teams like the Philadelphia Eagles going 6-0, and and then you got teams that were supposed to be 4-2 and or 5-1 and right now. They're all 3-3 three and three or less. Um you got you got people getting hurt and injured. You got uh, what do you call it? You got Apple TV. No, it's not Apple TV. It's Amazon TV stealing Thursday nights. So uh, no local television is, is picking up any Thursday night football. Um, you got a lot of things going on. You got uh, the hockey season just started. I know you're a big fan of that. Big ugly. No, I'm just playing. Oh yeah, he's playing. <laughs> right. No, I'm just saying it's it's a good time for sports. It's a good time for entertainment. Um, and uh, it's a good time, you know, as I said earlier, the XFL is coming up, but I just had all those down here. And it's also a good time for, uh, you know, streaming. Uh, I, I did mention Amazon Prime, but, you know, you got Hulu, you got Netflix, you got Roku, you got all these other things happening. You got, um, hey, man, I, I'm going to bring it up after this, I swear to God, but I have to tell you what I watched uh, in between last time and this time. I watched on Netflix the Dahmer uh, episode series, the 10 uh, episodes with Evan Peters uh, playing Jeffrey Dahmer. I watched it. Um, I learned a lot more than I thought I knew about Jeffrey Dahmer way back when I was a teenager. But I also saw it as a very good, um, just a nice requiem for the the victims that actually went through that. Um, you know, it was it was very it was very well told story. It was very well acted story. Um, it was it was weird because. Evan Peters playing Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, somebody stepping into those shoes is just an unknowable task. But did you see any of this? And have you seen anything else on whether it be Disney or any other streaming? What you know? What are you watching? What are you excited for? Yeah, no. So I mean, I did not watch the Dahmer show. I was not really uh, that interested in the Dahmer show. Fair However, um, I have been watching uh, House of the Dragon. Uh, I was watching Rings of Power. Okay. Um, currently watching the Star Wars show Andor, which I know when seeing. CM Funk gets on here. We'll we'll have a talk talk about that. Oh, I know because I'll be listening, but not trying to spoil it because I'm yeah. gonna get in it. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch up. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So, but yeah, um, but yeah. Those are the only ones that I've actually been watching. Those those three. Uh, House of the Dragon being my main one, which has been uh, fantastic. So. Cool, cool. I've been it's 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 Halloween month. It's October right now. I've been rewatching all the Saw movies. I do that uh, every October. That's always a lot of fun. And uh, I'm I'm now since they got the uh, Chucky series on USA. I've been rewatching all yeah. the Child's Play movies. Um, and it's it's that's fun stuff. You know, just a, all of these retroactive things that are keep coming back. You know, Cobra Kai living forty years out of its thing. Chucky living forty years out of its thing. Uh, you know, bringing back people that were 
kids or teenagers on these things coming back. Um, it's just amazing. And I think on HBO or HBO Max, dude playing, uh, what was his name? Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie in The Christmas Story, is coming back to do The Christmas Story story <laughs> yeah. on HBO Max. And am I excited about this? Hell yeah, I'm excited about yeah. this. I love this kind of stuff. So uh, it's a good time for that. It's What's a good time for Ravens. Who? The Baltimore Ravens. How about them? They should be 6-0 and right now. <laughs> They're not. You know why? Because games are four quarters, not three. You know why? <laughs> I'll tell you what. If the game was three quarters, we'd be 6-0 and right be, now. We'd be unbeatable. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you. The, the frustration – I. At some point, you would call them the heart attack Ravens. But, I mean, this was years ago. But now I think that's coming back. Because, I mean, we could have a 35-14 to 14 lead mm-hmm. and still lose in the fourth quarter. It's crazy. Um, and, dude, and we're losing to teams that should not be beating us. But right. here, here's the thing that's happening. You know, if it's not the defense, it's – and as good as Lamar Jackson is, he still makes a lot of mistakes. Sure. Um, he owns up to them. But this is why he doesn't have a contract right now. Because – He's injury prone. He's mistake prone. And as good as he is, if we don't have the defense to back him up, you know, or if we don't have the offensive line to make sure that he doesn't get hurt, we can't put all our eggs in one basket. And, you know, we could have the best kicker in the NFL and we kind of do, but he can't win every game for us. So Ravens, (laughs) they're three and three right now. I'm actually going to the game coming up uh, on October 23rd. Uh, the Cleveland game. Actually, I should have waited to see how the Ravens were going to be doing because the tickets that I got for the game are actually half the price now if I wanted to buy them. So um, because the t- tickets went way down when the, when the Ravens have lost a couple of these recent games. Um, but anyway, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good experience. Um, hopefully they'll win. Hopefully they'll win at home against Cleveland in the division. But they should be 6-0. I'll take five and one. I'll excuse one of those losses, but you can't have a 15, 20 point lead into the fourth quarter and, and lose. You yeah. just can't do it. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, I, I like the Cowboys. I think they're four and two right now. Um, I think Dak Prescott's coming back. Um, I, I yeah. think things can happen. I like it's the kind of funny because I was saying with the Cowboys, I was like, listen, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles with Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott was not going to start. No, he right. <laughs> if the if the Cowboys dethrone the Eagles, I was like, they're not. They're going to be like, we're sticking with Cooper Rush until they until otherwise. They made but, it interesting towards the end of the game too. So I, yeah. I think they kept it close. But yeah, but when Cooper didn't win, when when they got beat and Cooper didn't win, I was like, okay, yeah, they're, they're going to they're, they're looking at him like, okay, he can't win the big ones. We got to no. back back. Yeah, he ain't ready for that. We need yeah. we need a we need a veteran guy. But anyway. Yeah. NFL is interesting to watch. XFL is going to be interesting to watch coming up. Big Ugly, I want to thank you for joining me for episode 109 as we get counted down. Yes. Um, you know, I want you to have a great Halloween, and you and I are going to talk on this thing before Thanksgiving, and we're going to have some of our special guests back. Uh, I want you all to go out and watch independent wrestling. Uh, EWA Pro Wrestling is doing a lot of things. MCW Pro Wrestling is doing a lot of things. ACW Adrenaline Championship Wrestling is doing a lot of things, and I want you, Big Ugly, to stay safe and be well. And you know, I'll, I'll you know I'll be taking notes in between now and one ten, but um. We're going to have a good time. Big Ugly, what are your final words for our podcast today? Um, Listen, enjoy the Halloween. Enjoy the festivities. Hell yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Halloween Ends yet, you're not missing anything. <laughs> um, 
it actually okay. ends. That's what you're missing. Yeah, and we look we look forward to uh, Thanksgiving holiday, man. I'm ready to eat. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Big Ugly. I appreciate you, and thank you all for listening to the Dirty Ugly uh, Wrestling Podcast. So, three, two, one, deuces. deuces.